Warning, this episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal deals in serious spoilers. This is a movie where you can't quite talk about it unless you've really seen it. So before you listen, go watch this movie. It's worth watching. gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. For years, the weakest genre in Hollywood has been horror. Most film fans can agree that there's never actually been a good horror movie. This one is included. I'm t- I was just seeing how far I could go as I could trigger you. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I'm sitting right here. Only garbage, trash, and moron idiots would ever watch this filth. I hate you. I hate myself. For years, my favorite film trilogy ever has been the Evil Dead trilogy. And one of the most fun things about it isn't just watching the movies, it's learning about how they were made. The The people who made them really went through hell to make these movies, and they made them more than anything else because they just really, really want to make a movie and just get it out there and make it as intense as possible. The first one still holds up as, I have to admit, kind of a shitty 80s horror movie, but it's a really good shitty 80s horror movie. Like, for all the bad acting and the so-called bad effects, it stands up as more intense than anything else of its time. I mean, compare that to a film that came out a year prior to it, Friday the 13th, Evil Dead 1 is just so much better. Then you got Evil Dead 2, the pinnacle of horror comedy, and the third in the series, Army of Darkness, my all-time favorite movie. So when you tell me in 2012 that Hollywood has decided to release a movie arrogantly called Cabin in the Woods, I, I start to get, you know... I wouldn't say upset about this, but I start to get a little bit wary. It's like, come on, I've seen three movies about a cabin in the woods. Oh, what's this? Five teens are going here to drink beer and have a good time, and there's something supernatural surrounding the house. I feel like I've done this song and dance before. So in 2012, I didn't see it. I I spent a good five years doing whatever else. And I just hadn't got around to seeing it. But I kept hearing really good things. And not just like, oh yeah, man, this is the new horror. It's just like, no, this is really, really unique. And my favorite thing about it, more than anything else, 
is that people kept telling me, no, I can't tell you anything about it. It's extremely important that you go in there with no preconceptions whatsoever. I gotta tell you, that paid off. Cabin in the Woods is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. Chris, how does it feel to finally have a third good Evil Dead movie? So, next week, we're going to be talking about The Kingsman, and come on, there's really a third good Evil Dead movie. You've been fucking turning that dagger that whole intro suck my dick. This terrible genre for moron idiots. I cut that part. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to edit that whole thing out, and you're I not love... going to get that out of the third good Evil Dead movie, I don't you piece like... of shit. You piece of filth. I love it. I love it when you don't know what's coming. And you hear that silence, that angry silence. It's just me staring with my mouth open like, he would do this to me? <laughs> it's, it's such a breaking of your trust. Like, how dare you? We've been through so much these ten weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not doing that intro over again. Okay, uh, so what do you... Th- <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Parker, fine. your thoughts on fucking Cabin in the Idiot Woods. <laughs> Well, after the disappointment that was Army of Darkness, it was <laughs> fun you. to finally return to a cabin and have an enjoyable film. Oh, God. Let me let me try this. <laughs> let me give you a good softball underhand here. So I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> you're already re- you're already making this really hard to edit. You know. <laughs> I don't care. Oh God. Okay. So, what did you think the first time that you saw a Cabin in the Woods? Well, before ever seeing the movie, the only thing I'd seen, which is kind of a spoiler, is a gif of the elevator scene oh, at the very end. Yeah. That's all I knew about it going in. I was like, I don't know what this movie is. I don't know what it's about. I'm assuming it's about kids in a cabin. But if this scene is in it, I probably need to take the time to sit down and watch it. And holy shit, yeah, was I it's, right? It's something that really earns its reputation. Like, my favorite, one of my favorite scenes, there's like a million favorite scenes in the movie is the very open because I remember as soon as I was watching it, it was uh, it's you know, those two guys are talking in some sort of like office factory sort of complex. Remind me of Half-Life, which is my all-time favorite game, which is, that's a good feeling, you know. It also sort of reminded me of Portal, which I also really like. And they're talking about this, that, or the other thing, like, oh, we gotta get on the guys from Japan, what about R&D, you know, sort of thing. And then the opening title comes up, which is like, ah, Cabin in the Woods, and I was just like, that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And I, I, I was like, I knew I was gonna be in for a good time. Now, I tried for five years to avoid any spoilers, but I knew that there were two. The one is that I knew there was a merman in it. It was like, that's like the one is like, I, I assume I was never <laughs> going to let that go. And right there, that gives me a lot of intrigue. That's a huge eyebrow raise because it takes place in a cabin. How could there possibly be a merman? I'll get to that later because uh, that, that was a very, very stupid plot twist on my part that I completely missed. That's not the greatest payoff you've it ever is. seen in a movie. Uh, I'll, I'll, again, like I said, I'll get to that. I watched this with a good friend of mine. Her name is Alex Rubenstein and I was like, I have a couple questions after the movie and I don't know, we, we differed on, uh, I guess some of our takes. We, we both loved it, of course. And she's seen it like five times. But I was like, uh, again, I'll get to the merman, but you know, she explained to me uh, you know, something about it. The other thing about it that I had seen is that it, w- it was a movie where the perspective is kind of twisted and, and the poster 
really helps. It's like there's different ways to uh, it's it's you're, you're presenting the movie in a different sort of way, which I was so happy about because if if I see another movie about five teens going out in the woods and just being murdered, it's like come on, I can I can do so much better than that. I just want to watch Evil Dead if I want to see something like that. But uh, after that scene, you go in there and you're introducing your characters and. Obviously, like, this is a movie where it does better than any other movie I know is speed. The movie is only 96 minutes long, but it gets everything out there so quickly that it feels like it's a standard two-hour movie, and that's in a good way, you know? It doesn't feel like, boy, this movie is just really flying by. No, it's the right speed, you know, the right things happen at the right time at the right pace. So, it like, for much of it, it kind of feels like a late 90s horror movie, you know? Like, especially the opening with all the teenagers is kind of how I felt. Chris Hemsworth, it's a joy to see him. And there, there's a little scene with uh, him and his girlfriend where he's like, these what are these books? Like, what are you doing? Where did you learn this from? I learned it from you, okay? It was just like, I, I, I thought that was like cute and really funny. Uh, the lead actress is just so the final girl as soon as you see her. It's just like, that is the most final girl I've ever seen. And I gotta tell you, for someone who doesn't do any sort of illegal drugs, the, the, the stoner, holy shit, he was cracking me up. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you need his mug slash bong more than I've ever needed anything in my life. That thing is incredible. It's like $5,000. They had it custom made for the movie, but I, like, I'm going to say about $5,000 so and just get one. I've made worse decisions with my money, and if you were in this room, you would agree <laughs> with me. How often do you play that guitar? Anyway. So, you know, I'm getting better. I, <laughs> Appreciate that low blow. How dare you? I was just making fun of my toys here. <laughs> Cut me deep. Oh, it's gonna be like this. All right, Army oh, of Darkness. Boy. You already wrote a review we saying can have... it's not the greatest movie of all time, which already hurts. There's nothing wrong with being the fourth best Evil Dead movie, Listen, Chris. I, oh, you, I should not have picked this fight. I really should have gone there. You are leaving all of this. Uh, this part, I'm leaving it. I'm gonna center the whole. I'm episode gonna spend it. like 45 minutes editing that opening. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they go to the gas station, and this was a point of confusion for me, and I, I have to appreciate Alex sort of explaining it, because if she hadn't explained it, I still would have been like, well, what about that guy? It's almost like a plot hole sort of thing. They get to that gas station, and you got that creepy guy with a weird eye, and, uh, you know, he's just, oh, no, you won't be safe up there, you know, sort of thing. And it's clear that he's part of the ritual, but, boy, would he call those two guys in the... I'm just going to call it the lab. And so, hey, am I on speakerphone? Just, the movie has a really good tone. And yeah, it's an inconsistent tone, but I, I feel like that's kind of the idea, you know? And it's the exact sort of inconsistent tone that I want. It's not like, uh, how would I describe it? There, there's a couple James Bond movies that have a really inconsistent tone, and it just sort of ruins the movie because I can't, like, say, I'm in the mood for X and put on a movie and, like, one of those James Bond movies and get X. Whereas with Cabin in the Woods, I it's one of the ones where I went in hoping for a little bit of L, Q, and J, and I, I got L, Q, and J. It really does deliver on everything that I wanted. And that that scene with that guy, once I understood more about the end of the movie, I was like, you know what? I really like that scene. That's just about everything that I want there. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Hey, how do I... Yeah, you can't ruin that? Evil Dead based on that, can you? Give me a second. I no, can, you I don't can have try. To. Uh, 
actually, if you want a little underhand pitch, you could do like the the guy from the beginning of Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> There's a blood curse. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it honestly. Fucking a whole crazy Wally. God damn, that movie sucks. It does. All those movies suck. I can't wait to make you watch it, because there's a Friday the 13th in October. Get I ready, it was idiot. called Leatherface. That's for Texas I mean, Chainsaw. And they're making yet another Halloween. This is not a news segment, by the way, guys. This is just me commenting on how much I hate my life. Your life is going to be so fucking terrible in October. Another Halloween movie. Seriously, another Halloween movie. And another Saul movie. And another yeah, Chucky along. movie. Look, I'm not watching half of these anyway. All right, just yeah, yeah. You are. You know what? I want to put up some sort of roadblock over here because there's only so much Jamie Lee Curtis I can take. How dare you? Listen, after must be nice to have your ableist propaganda where you don't need yogurt to shit better. Must be Speaking nice. Speaking of Jamie Lee Curtis, they almost cast her as uh, the woman at the very end of the movie. I know I'm jumping around from the beginning to the end here, but uh. I have to admit, I was watching it, I was just like, oh, who's that? And my Alex was just like, oh, of course. And I'm just like, yeah, that that actress who I've seen before somewhere is literally Sigourney Weaver. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah, I saw her in Alien. And, uh... I swear to God. Uh, uh, aliens. And, uh... So you're going to cut out me making fun of Army of Darkness, <laughs> but you can just shit all over Sigourney Weaver in my house. I don't know, I don't know her other movies off the top of my head. What, what else? Yeah, who's ever seen Ghostbusters? Oh, Correction, oh, you have, the oh, 2016 shit. one. Oh, God, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> her cameo was so good in it, wasn't it, Chris? She was in the new one? I forgot. Oh, I don't know. You tell Damn, me that's... you saw it. I legitimately have forgotten her filmography. I, I have to Google this now because... Oh, she was an avatar? Yeah, man, the power of Patty compels you. Listen, she was also in Galaxy okay. Quest, which I never saw. And God damn it. I, I hate oh, this she episode. was in Holes. Yeah, I knew that. What the yeah. fuck? Remember Holes? Yeah, I do, wait, but this uh, whole conversation is She was me. also apparently in Annie Hall. Oh, she's an alien of sort of remember aliens. Oh, holes! <laughs> I love holes. Uh, I've never been around one. <laughs> she was also in Wally. That one I remember. Um, pardon my clock. <laughs> break out. Yeah, I'm hoping I can just cut that fucking clock. Oh, and the tale of Despero. <laughs> I've been desperate for human contact for so long. <laughs> Damn it! I was waiting for you to stop talking. So uh, well, I know you better than you know yourself. I know the curves of your body. Uh, it's, it's painful, isn't it? Uh, Knowing what goes on. Oh, uh, we we totally skipped over this. So uh, maybe I'll move this to. Uh, oh, what the fuck? We'll do it right now. Before we talk more about Cabin in the Woods, before we get to like <laughs> the actual. Stuff in Capitol. This is the most Frankenstein episode I've ever. Heard. Oh, we've we've done worse than this. Trust me. <laughs> oh, trust me. Uh, I think about that Apes episode literally all I'm the time. I'm still embarrassed. Anyway, <laughs> it hurts my soul. I want to delete it more than yeah. anything. So before we talk about Cabin in the Woods, what movies did you see? Chris, I saw a really good movie this weekend, and then I also saw the Mummy. You wait, you saw the Tom Cruise Mummy? Holy shit! Did I see the mummy? 
so how first of all the the one question I have about this was how was the lead actress? I, she was there. Oh man, she was definitely on screen for a long time. And how was Tom Cruise? I feel like every take. It was just, alright, bigger, more. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, more of it. Because where this movie's gonna make money, it doesn't really matter what you're saying. Just bigger and louder. Oh my god, that movie is awful. So, the uh, the the monster cinematic universe, what's it called? The dark universe is... The dark universe is off to its second rough start, Chris. What was its first one? Dracula Untold. Did anyone ever? Did fine. anyone ever see that? Thanks to the power of HBO Go and crippling depression, I have. Dracula Untold. I've never heard of that. Okay, I'll. You, there's a reason. It is very. Not Wait, good. there's another one you're forgetting. How could you possibly forget the Max Landis Frankenstein movie? <laughs> oh my God, I did see that, didn't I? Thanks, Redbox. What what so the question I had the entirety of watching the mummy is who is this movie for? Because there's garbage action, there's jump scares that don't fit the garbage action, there's really, really, really unfunny dialogue. And I remembered, oh yeah, it's for China because they made four hundred million dollars, now they get to make more sequels. Mm-hmm. I just want you it's gotta be on YouTube by now. I just need you to find the Russell Crowe uh Doctor Hyde scenes. It's so fucking embarrassing. I can't do it justice. You said Dr. Hyde. They're not... You know what I meant. Dr. Jekyll? I've been through a Dr. lot. Dr. Jekyll? Yeah. When he turns into Mr. Hyde, it is incredibly embarrassing. There were three of us in the room, and no one would make eye contact during those <laughs> scenes. It was so, so bad. Oh, boy. I can't wait. I'm, I'm probably going to have to watch it now. Um... Well, that night I watched that and The Great Wall, the Matt Damon movie where he fights monsters in okay. China. Whoa, 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 whoa. And that movie is so much better than The I Mummy. Bet. And it's I awful. really wanted to see it. Uh, mostly because there was that controversy. This is one of those cases where no, where all press is good press, technically, because it's like people are going to get attention to it. So I, I had heard about it, and I was just like, I think that this actually has a little bit of potential. Obviously, I, it's like not, you know, Matt Damon, you know, that's going to make me watch it. He's, he's not really the draw. It is one. Ting Jian, how was my queen? I mean, she's in the movie. I don't know what you want me to say about the movie where Matt Damon fights monsters. I had, I had, I had really hoped that she balls. had a more, a more sizable role than she had in, in Kong Skull I mean, Island. <laughs> I mean, she's one of the main characters, definitely, but that movie is a not a lot of monsters in it. We'll put it that way. A lot of dry periods. And also, I don't know what accent Matt Damon was doing, but it is wonderful. He was, he was doing an accent? Oh, imagine my surprise. He just kept slipping in and out of this incredible Scottish accent. It's It was a really bad night for me, movie-wise. I should probably stop going to Redbox. Man, here I am just downloading all my movies. Speaking of my movies... Uh, I need to make sure Tom Cruise gets my money. He needs it. Does he? Your theme levels are trash. <laughs> All right, so I recently... One of the things that my family's really into is genealogy. I say my family because I'm, I'm not included in this. I actively try to avoid discussions of my ancestry, mostly because I, I don't want to sort of be tied to my past. I don't want to be like, oh, 
you know, your great-great-grandfather was a butcher there, therefore you're going to be a butcher. I, I don't really like that. So my, my knowledge of my genealogy is pretty limited. I, I know this. My family is descended from those who came over on the Mayflower. Uh, got a bit of French-Canadian ancestry. Um, I, my, my, uh, my family is all from the Northeast, so we fought for the Union during the Civil War. Got a bit of Scottish in there. Hmm. And uh, most importantly, more importantly than anything else... One of my ancestors was a pirate, and this is the power of that sort of thing. So right now, I just tell people, "Yep, I'm descended from pirates." So I've been getting back into pirates recently. So I started watching uh, uh, some pirate movies. I, I watched four. Uh, the first one is called Captain Blood. Came out in 1935. Uh, it's it has uh, what's it called? Errol Flynn in it, and. This was like his first like major film role, sort of like his breakout role. It's really good. It's still probably my favorite pirate movie. It's it's fun. The the action's good. The dialogue is fantastic. Highly recommend it to everyone else. Then I was just like, okay, I still haven't got my pirate fix. I'm gonna watch Muppet Treasure Island. That movie's nice. that movie's still a lot of fun. I'm, sometimes I'm kind of into kids' movies because some of the jokes are just made for everyone. Uh, there's a joke that I think my mom would have really loved. It was a uh, it was a Billy Bones is dying. He's like, oh, they're going to gully me for sure. And Rizzo the Rat's like, and gullying hurts, right? That which I, I, that's just funny to me. Also, they're pulling stuff out of uh, Billy Bones is like that tr- uh, treasure chest or whatever, like his his bag or whatever. They pull out a, a book called Diplomacy by Henry Kissinger. What the fuck is that doing in there? <laughs> and more importantly than anything else, it's got Tim Curry. Just honestly, the role of a lifetime. Yes, better than Doctor Frankenfurter. Yes, better than it. Yes, better than that fat guy in Monk. It's he's just so oh I don't ever forget. He is just so good wow. as Long John Silver with a bunch of Muppets because he he really is practically a Muppet. Um, I cannot get over the main character. Uh, what was his name? Jim Jim Hawkins. Uh, he's he's played by uh, I must be a male soprano because his voice is so high, especially during the songs. Uh, most of which are, are pretty good songs. Uh, I'm not saying I'm going to put them on my iPod or anything, but it's like, man, it, it, it's just a good movie. It's, and again, it's it's a little more kid-friendly than I imagined, but not as much as the next one, which uh, I used to have in my top 100 movies. Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I, I grew up with this movie. I saw it when I was like 13 or something like that. And I was just like, man, you know, I, I love this movie. You know, Jack Sparrow being whatever he is, and Orlando Bloom, you know, doing a great job. And uh, Kira Knightley, I used to have a really big crush on her. And I mean, Jeffrey Rush is just having like the time of his life out there. And I must have seen it like a hundred times or something like that. And I set it aside for several years, and I just brought it up like last week. And I was like, yeah, this this will be just as good. It is good, but it's so much better than the sequels in the sense that Jack is a lot more restrained in this one. I would even venture so far as to call him sober for most of the movie because it seems like he has a clear idea of what he's doing and why he's doing it. And that makes the parts where he does go a little bit nuttier just all the more funny because it's just, you know, you start to wonder why he's doing something like that. But boy, in the past I was like, oh yeah, it's it's a Disney movie, but only technically. I mean, because this isn't as cartoon you know, now that I watch it, this is such a Disney movie. So is it harder to go back and watch this movie with the last ten years of Johnny Depp in your memory? Actually... Because it was cute and quirky back then, but uh, how many Alice in Wonderlands and Charlie and the Chocolate <laughs> Factories have you seen at this well, point? Well, it's not just that. I also watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street recently, and it's nice to see the improvement from Nightmare to this. 
like the improvement from Nightmare to this is one thing, but also even the improvement from what's eating Gilbert Grape to this. He, I think he's just a lot better in this. He's a much more entertaining character. I mean, it really feels like he's a pirate. He was meant to do all this stuff. But, man, I gotta tell you, the writing, I thought I thought the writing was, like, genius when I was 13 years old, and then I grew up, I'm just like, oh, you know, it's a movie, I guess. It's it, it, it kind of, it, it was disappointing that I thought I was going to love it. I was, and I, I mean, I still love the music, but boy, it doesn't hold up as much as I would have thought. And the last pirate movie I watched is a controversial one. It's called Yellow Beard. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I feel like you've made reference to it. I think it I, I have. I, I put it at the end of... Didn't you? You ended Yeah, I ended the it. Suicide Squad review with it. Because... Boy, that's a movie I try not to think about. But I can't ever I mean, stop. that's bullshit, first of all, because you always bring it up just to torture me. <laughs> what a show. That's like, <laughs> a good name. An Academy Award winner. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's the one that you you gave to me. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, just as Fifty Shades of Grey was an Oscar nominated movie, just for its stupid song by the weekend. How many Oscars did Army of Darkness win? <laughs> Listen, this podcast is already going long. Um, the uh, the thing about Yellowbeard is that it has a very bad Rotten Tomatoes score. And at first, my I, I watched it. I was like, wow, this movie's really good. My dad and I love it. My uncle loves it. And my brother loves it. It. it we were like, yeah, we're laughing a lot. What's what's wrong with it? Why does Rotten Tomatoes not like it so much? And we went on to the trivia page and tried to learn a bit more. Boy, almost everyone who made the movie knew while they were making it, yeah, this is garbage. Like, John Cleese and Eric Idle signed on to it. Like, look, we were really just doing this because Graham Chapman was dying. You know, we're just like, let's make this movie he always wanted to make. It was the worst script I'd ever read. Uh, I think John Cleese called it one of the six worst movies ever made. And uh, I, I will say it has a whole lot of uh, the Python troop from iPython. I know you're a huge Monty Python fan. Oh, man, you know yeah. me. I love quirky British humor. And it has, uh, I have to admit, Cheech and Chong and perhaps their most, like, inappropriate role. And not like, oh, they're so inappropriate. It's just like, no, it's inappropriate to cast them as these people. It, it, it does, this isn't, like, their type of comedy at all. They're, it, it seems like out of desperation, or maybe it was just kindness to Graham Chapman, who, like I said, was dying. Uh, and Marty Feldman, who actually died during production, I believe. Uh, oh my God. I, I love Marty Feldman. That bad, huh? Yeah. So, I will say this. if there's, I, I went in there, watching it the second time, with that knowledge. Like, okay, the script wasn't as good as I remember. Let's see. And I will admit, there are a lot of jokes that simply aren't funny. They, they don't do anything. There's there's nothing like even... There's, that's not even a joke. It's just being obscene. There's a, a whole lot of rape jokes uh, which I have to admit, I laughed at it the first time, but now you know, with a bit of hindsight in today's culture, it's just like, oh, that's actually not funny. <laughs> you and your whole family just having a laugh at some rape jokes. Well, the thing is, half of them are told by Madeline Kahn. I mean, whatever helps you. I mean, it's fine. Me and my family watch Ace Ventura about a thousand times. That was a fun rewatch. Like, oh man, that was really transphobic, huh? Uh, well, I mean, it was the 90s. We didn't know any better. Yeah, what are you going to do? It's Good Burger and hating weirdos. <laughs> Bathroom Warriors for life. Oh, yeah, apparently... Here's here's one for you. I watched it... I don't remember how old I was. I must have been, like, 16 or something when I watched it. Yellowbeard. And hey, uh, I went back and rewatched it. There was a gay joke in there that was way too subtle for me to get. Uh, David Bowie has a really quick, like, 10-second cameo in there. And he asked Eric Idle to meet him in the boiler room later, and they, you know, 
moves them away. I was like, oh, that was a gay joke. I didn't even pick up on that. But regardless of the criticism, and there are a lot of really just bad lines, and again, uh, rape jokes, there were a couple of really, really good jokes, and it's, most of it's just due to Graham Chapman's performance. For a dying man, he really put all of him into this role. He's just trying as hard as possible to make this pirate as threatening as, as he could. And I, I don't know that I can actively give it a recommendation, because it'd be embarrassing for someone to watch it and be like, oh, you like this movie? You know? You're like, you've been criticizing Roman Polanski's uh, Rosemary's Baby, and you like this? It's just, I, I don't know, there, there's a couple good things. Uh, who's, who's the actress? That, the actually, I, I think she played a character called Triola. She's a lot of fun to watch. And, again, Graham Chapman's just having the time of his life, uh, as short as it would be. And I, I, it's it's better than Pirates of the Caribbean. There, I said it. Now, I watched two other movies. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of them. The first one's called First Blood. Oh, nice. It's uh, It has uh, Sylvester Stallone, who uh, has made other movies, from what I've heard. Like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You forgot he was in nah. there. Huh? Boy, that's humiliating. Gotcha. Anyway, First Blood is one of the least violent movies I've ever seen in my life. Primarily on the fact that only one guy dies. It is not Rambo's fault. This is a movie oh, where Did you just... not know that going in? I did not know that going in. Oh, yeah. That's a real bait and switch on you, huh? Well, because I know, like, the thing about Rambo, you know, like, the bullet strapped across his bare chest and everything. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Look at yeah. me. Come on. So I, I was kind of expecting him to just, like, murk a whole bunch of people. I did not expect him to just be, you know, running away from cops for the entire movie. <laughs> I also didn't expect him to be, like, the most obvious influence for, like, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Shout out to this fucking clock over here. Yeah, keep... Hey, is it the top of the hour over there? Uh, yeah, it is. So we're going to get ten chimes here. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, you know, solid. I'm more interested in watching Rambo, too, I think. I, I think that's just more along with my conception of uh, Rambo. I also watched The Fugitive, starring Harrison Ford, and someone else is in that movie, I think. Are you asking me to yeah, help you? Uh, Do you not remember the star of Men in Black, Tommy Lee Jones? Oh my god. Yeah, he he literally won an Oscar for that movie, didn't he? How did so. I forget him? Men in Black? I'm no, not sure. No, for Fugitive. He's, he is oh, really sorry. good in, in The Fugitive, mostly because you could kind of see that he's just owning the role. Now, I've never actually been a huge Tommy Lee Jones fan, mostly because I wasn't as high on No Country for Old Men as everyone else. I, I liked him in uh, Men in Black. He, he kind of owns that role, but God, when I saw him in what was it, Batman Forever? He is so... Oh, I, yeah. I, really, I should write an article just about how bad he is in Batman Forever. It is one of the worst He's performances. He's so evil, he gets two dinners. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Holy The fuck. worst part about it, and again, I think I've mentioned this out of pockets, it's just what an asshole he was to Jim Carrey. It's like, fuck you, dude. But, uh... <laughs> Regardless, he's really good in here, but the best the best scene in the entire movie, like anything that uh, that Harrison Ford's doing, it's, no, 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 it's like, uh, Tommy Lee Jones busts into this house, uh, and he, he thinks that Harrison Ford's going to be in there, but no, it's a different fugitive, and the woman who's ho who's helping out this fugitive starts shrieking and doing it nonstop, ah, 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 and he kills the fugitive, and she's still shrieking, ah, 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 he just, he's walking by, he holds away, he has a Shut up. And she, and she straight up shuts up and he walks out. It's just like, that's a really, really good scene. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I've kind of done that before with uh, the kids that I taught. 
I am their hero. <laughs> so will you be watching the sequels to either of those movies? I'll watch I'll watch Rambo First Blood Part Two. You should watch the fourth Rambo because my God, the end of that movie. He murders so many people. It is so fucking graphic. He had the opportunity to murder a whole lot of people in the first blood, but he didn't, so. He hops on top of a chain gun, and boy, they just really feel out that R rating. <laughs> they just really let him, let him, by himself, solve the crisis in Burma. Oh, wow. Uh, there is one other movie I watched. I, I, I just want to mention this one really quick. Uh, also, don't ever watch U.S. Marshals. It's balls. I would never watch that. I think I saw it as a kid because my mom wanted us out of the house. <laughs> the, if you want to see Robert Downey Jr. not want to be somewhere, go ahead. I could just watch what what is that New Year's Day? The one that takes place in New York. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Iron Man. Oh, you said oh, you said Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I I thought you meant Robert De Niro. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, there's like the last decade of his yeah, life. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway. It's, See us next week for our bad grandpa episode. <laughs> um, actually, we're going to do the intern. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Oh, fuck yourself. No, yeah. we're not. Anyway, uh, 1940, uh, Academy Award winner for 1940 was uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca. This is different from most Alfred, Hitch- from most Alfred Hitchcock movies. Uh, the suspense is a little bit more... Uh, it's a little bit more off than you'd expect. It's based on a book, and it's sort of like uh, gothic-, gothic literature. It's not really scary. It's not even a ghost story really it's more like the effect that uh grief can have upon someone and i I like the movie a lot i think the performances are just incredible joan crawford is just incredible and obviously sir Lawrence olivier just does you know about as well as he usually does it's a movie that's worth watching but i'm i don't know if you'd be into it like i said 1940 we're more into uh recent things so yeah, I heard 1940 in books, and my eyes rolled back. Uh, back to Cabin in the Woods. I'm not even sure if I'm going to edit that to put it back in. It's just a little aside. So, let's start off. They finally... Well, here's an edit for you. I said I watched one good movie. You should watch It Comes at Night, and don't listen to Normals, because they always have bad opinions on Oh, movies. I thought I thought uh, when you said you watched one good movie, you were going to say it was The Great Wall. <laughs> it was not The Great Wall. <sighs> it Comes at Night's pretty good. When you mark in a movie like that, and people get mad because there's not actually a thing that comes at night just air jerk off motion don't ignore all that movie's good i have never come at night i thought there was gonna be a monster and there wasn't one yeah sorry sorry things are different back finally to cabin in the woods uh i'm i think i might have to like load up the wikipedia because i want to get pretty much everything in cabin in the woods when i start talking about it so when they get to the cabin in the woods which again you gotta see the poster that poster just it does such a really, really good job. Uh, you know, they're, they're they're setting up their rooms and stuff like that, and they discover a two-way mirror. This is one of the very few problems here is, uh, why is there a two-way mirror in the house? I have a theory. What's your thoughts? I mean, you know what my mind immediately went to. Getting down to fucking. Yeah, but there, there shouldn't be a two-way mirror in, in, a, in a haunted house. That doesn't quite make sense. It's sort of an anachronism. But there shouldn't be a haunted conch in the basement of a haunted house. Yeah, that's a good point. So one of the things that I sort of, like, the more I was watching it, I think I put this one together as, like, Alex mentioned that uh, it was like, yeah, it's like, I don't really understand the point of that. I think I have what best I could explain it like this. You think back to Portal. You played Portal, right? Of course. So did you please say yes? 
Yes. Thank you. It's just funny that yeah, of course he is. No, I actually I had thought that you hadn't, so I was good. I thought you were just like, oh, don't assume my games. So it's it's not a book, of course not. <laughs> it, one of my favorite parts of Portal, and even more importantly, Portal Two, which I think is even better, is the old parts of the facility. It's like these are the prototype rooms. It's like this is our idea for what things would have been, and we've obviously moved past that, but it's still intact. Uh, we still got stuff like that where I work. We have a system called One Point Seven that we still use, and we've we've moved on to that. We're on Two Point Oh, but we still need to use One Point Seven for some other stuff. Similarly here, we we uh, it's kind of made obvious that the uh, it's practically like a test facility where these people are not having fun on their own and there's like stuff that influences them there's pheromones that are released <clears throat> her hair dye makes her dumber or something like that that two-way mirror is probably a holdover from a previous experiment where they would use that room to monitor a different room i i think that was uh i think that was done intentionally now Weirdly enough, it, the scientists never see him and be like, uh-oh, she's discovered the two-way mirror. I thought we got rid of that sort of thing. I wouldn't be surprised if that was cut. Like, you, you see in the director's cut, they probably would have cut that. Because apparently the studio wanted to cut most of the two scientists in the laboratory. Oh, you mean the best part exactly. of the movie? Exactly. This is why you don't listen to the studio, because those guys were easily my favorite parts of the movie. Is it Richard Jenkins and... I'd prefer not to know their names. I'd like to think that they were real scientists doing it. So, Dad from Step Brothers and Dad from Get Out. Uh, Never actually seen Step Brothers, so... What the shit? Oh, I watched fucking Yellowbeard, but I can't understand good jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. So, they they go... First of all... Is Is there not enough rape jokes in Step Brothers for you? Sorry. Listen. <laughs> Listen. So, so, so <laughs> what's supposed to come up that? Fuck mean? you. Anyway, no, I deserve uh, that. Whatever. You can no, I'm actually gonna leave that one in. That's actually I deserve that. Um, boy, I hope my phone hasn't been picking up all. I hope my uh, mic hasn't been picking up all these phone updates from Discord. Anyway, um, so she's uh, one of the girls. It's the dumb blonde. She starts making out with this wolf. Uh, on the wall I gotta admit I'm not really sure why they did that but it's in there I think it was I think that was one of the ones where the movie was sort of like trying to set up a scare like I kept watching it I was just like this is the part where like the wolf bites her right and she she gets her face bald or something like that and I was just like nothing happens uh, the, that scene yep. just kind of goes on a little bit longer than I would have hoped uh, I'll, yeah, there's a couple teases like that and then that trap door just slams open like ah, I got yeah, you bitch I, I like Shaggy calling it a moose <laughs> he, he was definitely my favorite character in the movie. Whatever that mysterious creature is. Oh god, he he was so funny the entire time. I I really I should just go to like the IMDb quote section and just like throw out his quotes cuz he he was just knocking my socks off. Uh, so yeah, the the basement door slams down and they're like, "Let's go downstairs." That is a big big basement. I think I said that out loud. And I'm kind of glad Alex didn't say anything about it. She she if if she had even said yeah, that it kind of would have given away like some of the fun of the movie. Like, oh, there's a whole lot of stuff down there, a whole lot of space, huh? Almost like it's artificial. And so they find all the different props, and you pointed out the conch shell, and you're just like, why on earth would there be a conch shell? Now, getting back to the merman, I might as well give away the fact that, yeah, there is, in fact, a merman. Uh, 
that was one of the things that I knew going on here, and I, I kept wondering about. It's like, okay, as soon as like the zombie family rose up, it's like there was all the other ones. Uh, she had me pause it at that list of creatures that they could have had, like a basilisk, a unicorn, a killer robot, witches, and zombie bats. My my favorite was just the name Kevin. Which uh, <laughs> no explanation. Oh, uh, do you know what that is a reference to? Oh, of course okay. I do. Well, yeah, for those who don't know, it's uh, it's uh, Sin City, but. Actually, it would have been better if it if they had chosen a different name. I think I, I think if they had said like uh, Mike from HR, you know, just like someone that no one likes, you know, uh, that maybe that would have been even funnier than just Kevin. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's like because every office has like, oh god, I gotta avoid that guy. Anyway, uh, I was wondering, it's like, okay, every one of these creatures. Like, once I got to like the climax and all the creatures are coming out, I'm like, boy, it's like. I can understand all of these. Every single one of them attacking a cabin in the woods, with the possible exception of like a unicorn, I guess, or or maybe that that killer robot with like the the slashy things going out of it. And I was just like, <laughs> and the evil clown, which I was just like, yeah, I know, I saw it, but like all of it, I was like, I could see this. I could even see uh, Pinhead from Hellraiser with those razors in his head. The one I couldn't understand was like, where would a merman come in? I was like, because I kept imagining, it's like, he would just be dragging himself through the woods to get to that cabin, and it doesn't make any sense. Because I completely forgot about the lake. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking camper just fucking drowns itself in the lake, and I completely forgot about it. So, that that comes to the show, like, uh, that that shows what it's like to have ADD watching a movie like this. I love how much they set up the merman thing for that payoff at the end. It was, yeah. Like, when they're going through the list and goes, yeah, you should talk, Aquaman. And he looks so hurt. Like, I just want to see a fucking Yeah, merman. and so he's drinking. It's just like, yeah, I just, you know, I just think it would have been cooler with the merman, you know? Uh, every single time <laughs> we cut back to the guys in the laboratory, you're right. That really is the best part of the movie. Uh, shout out to, who was the security guy? Who I actually forgot to no look him up. point in the I'm movie. Garbage. I mean, I've definitely, he brought something to light that I've experienced before, as he's the outsider watching this, and I've definitely had a conversation with someone who's like, oh yeah, I love horror, and then I start talking, and then they get that look in their eyes he had, like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> Don't ever speak to me again. <sighs> you are a crazy person. I, well, you know, here's... Here. So I, I connected with that, because I've definitely felt that conversation and then gone home on no, I'm sorry but here's the thing about it is that this is classified as a horror movie for obvious reasons yeah it's a horror movie and I went on IMDB to check out the genres because I have like a list and I'll be like this is a horror movie I thought well it's really more of a comedy right you know like because it really is presented as a comedy in fact more comedy than horror Absolutely. I would say but this is not a scary movie uh now, when I say that, this movie does try very hard to scare you at certain times, but it's all played for a laugh. Uh, I, I watched it with Stephanie, and she she told me that uh, even though she has a bit of anxiety, she was laughing at every single scare, you know? Even the one at the beginning of the movie, which I thought was no laughing matter. She was she was having a really good time with it. This one is like, I'm having a good time, but I, I never really got scared. Not even any of the jump scares got to me. They, they didn't even come close. And the gore wasn't enough to do anything like that. And not even the amount of blood. It was just like, like when I saw the merman, I'm, I'm certainly not feeling any sort of, you know, blood, you know, pumpadier. I'm just like, finally, that poor guy, you know? But 
if you want to really get down to it, because the whole thing is basically like, we're the ancient ones, right? Who demand it to be the safe, exact same five stereotypes every time. At least time. five. And, and that's why it's boring. That's why it's not really scary or interesting, because it's the same thing over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. It's actually bad on purpose, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So, now that we've established that Cabin in the Woods is a bad movie... Uh, <laughs> no, it's just kidding. Correct. Yeah, uh, Much like Army of Darkness. Listen, not scary. Uh, a little trite. <laughs> Effects leave something to be desired. I, actually, speaking of, if I do have a criticism of this movie, I would say it's the the effects. Like, the makeup and the CG could definitely be better. But I'm definitely going to give the movie a total pass on this because the budget was only $30 million, which is not a whole lot for what is really more of a science fiction movie. And when, when you see the effects, they're used on so many different kinds of creatures, they couldn't focus on just one. So, like, you see that little girl and she's got, like, she turns around and she's got, like, the teeth all over her face and stuff like that. It's just like, I mean, that's really obvious makeup, but, like, you also put a unicorn goring a guy into a movie. You have to sp- <laughs> you have to spread around the, the budget for special effects. And, honestly, I, I think they did as good of a job as possible with it. I don't really have a complaint on that matter. But getting back to the scariness of it, I do think that it was trying hard to scare people, at least with the pop scares, which is, I mean, not really a scary thing about it. But... I, I have come to the conclusion, and this movie really did solidify it, that a, a horror movie does not have to be scary to be good. I really do think that for two reasons, and this is one of them, because this movie is still good even though it's not scary, because it has something else propping it up, which is comedy. The other one I have to come to, and I think I mentioned this to you before, is The Witch. I don't think The Witch is a scary movie, but it's so good otherwise, not as a drama or anything like that, although I think it is somewhat effective as a drama. It's it's so good at presenting an unsettling atmosphere. It's it's genuinely creepy, but not really scary. You know, it's it's or or it's more like weird. That ending of the witch, that to me is just weird. It doesn't scare, it's just like what a crazy thing to see after everything else that I just saw. So it again, horror movies they don't have to scare me. I think, like, if, if you're really trying way too hard to scare me, then yeah, you have to do it. I don't think that was the point of The Witch. The Witch was meant to unsettle. And, obviously, the point of The Cabin in the Woods isn't to scare. It's more to make you laugh, or to, or at least to make you wonder. And, yeah, they tried pretty hard to scare you, but not as hard as, like, other movies like uh, Friday the 13th, which has never been scary. Except for that one kill at Absolutely the end. Absolutely not. Oh, my yeah. God. Don't fucking talk me about that kill. <laughs> But the fact that it's as funny as it is and it's not too clever or trying too hard to be wicking like, hey guys, we know what these movies are about. That's such a difficult line Yeah, to they did a very good job as far as I'm concerned because I kept wondering when they were going to drop one of these spinning plates. Like, they, they were getting it to the end and they were just spelling it out and I was just like, oh, going to be kind of careful here. They, like, talking about the athlete, the brain, uh, the the fool, the whore, etc. And the virgin, she's like, the virgin? And she and she even admits it's like look we work with what we got i i kept thinking that this was going to be like not even a subtle way to the audience but like actually show a mirror of everyone in the therapy and like huh you guys get it get it get it it's it's like get it ever see scream anyway uh which and just as it gets too close gordy weaver gets attacked by a werewolf and like oh no this movie's actually great i'm sorry <laughs> what a wonderful movie 
Uh, it it is wonderful. Um, I have to admit, uh, when the first girl, it was the blonde girl, she they decide to go off into the woods to have sex. Now I don't understand that in the least. Uh, I'm talking about I'm, yeah I'm st- yeah I'm talking about having sex, not about uh, going out there. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I I think my, my favorite part is every single time to hear that sex scene where they're like cutting to the guys in the lab, <laughs> their faces. <laughs> This movie has some incredible jump. Yeah, cuts. that that is just so good. Or even better, when they start dancing in the in the cabinet, it cuts to the guys dancing in the lab. <laughs> Listen, the, the the best part of this movie for me, besides the the one scene that you and I agreed is the best part, uh, is the fact that the the guys in the lab are so relatable because that's very similar to what I do for a living. And not that I'm like putting people in the cabinet woods to be slaughtered for some ancient ritual sacrifice. No, I just put sports on a, on a, on an app. It's, it's just the, the, the idea of camaraderie. It's the way that I talk with other people like, Oh, what are the guys in tech ops doing? Or, you know, Oh, the, the people in the knock, you know, it's, it's all these different things that come together. The way that people talk the way that people are like, Oh man, we got like a uh, hundred thirty thousand viewers on this on this event. What a big deal! Or it's like, oh no, guys, we don't have closed captions. We need to run and you know tell Kadanas. We need to talk to transmission and get you know closed caption on this whatever you know. So that's that to me is one of the things that just made it so much better because it's relatable. It couldn't just had you know a cold steel wall for these uh, for for these scientists. That that is a little bit difficult because with the inconsistency of sorry, the inconsistency of tone is really important, especially as far as sci-fi goes, because you would have that red phone ring and suddenly they're scared, they gotta talk to the ancient gods or whatever like that. That, to me, is the essence of sci-fi and the essence of sci-fi comedy, because sci-fi in, in the past has done horror very poorly. And, like, people talk about a good comedy in sci-fi, they, they seem to talk about Doctor Who. I Ugh. I know, I gotta put up with this shit, but... This is good sci-fi comedy, and, and I really, I feel like this is more of a sci-fi movie than it is a horror movie. That's that's just my take on it. I think there's maybe, if we're being really generous, ten good horror comedies. Well, they fall flat so fucking often. Time and time again, they try, and it's just a wet fart of a movie. It's so hard to get that balance. It is because right? sometimes it'll be like, oh, it's dark comedy. And it's like, yeah, of course it's dark comedy. You're having people being murdered here. For the longest time, I thought there was only really one good horror comedy. And, and as far as melding the horror and the comedy, that would have been Evil Dead too, which is to me, it's just like the height of the genre. But this one is definitely up there. What are some other good horror comedies? Uh, let's see, Evil Dead Two. They made some shitty sequel after that. I didn't see it. Though. That's not a horror um, movie. It's an action movie. It's barely a movie, if you Listen, ask me. You, you really <laughs> are just going to make me keep all the stuff you said about Army of Darkness. <laughs> I think it's really funny. I think oh, you should. Fuck you. All right. Uh, you called my bluff. I'm actually blanking. To Wikipedia. Horror comedies. Well, in the mean fucking time. Uh, so they rate. So. Oh, sorry. Hang on. I see. I had a couple. And there they are, like Shaun of the Dead and Tucker and Dale. Oh yeah. Evil. Okay. Gremlins even. Yeah, Gremlins you know what? Gremlins. I, I that is a horror comedy. Return of the Living Dead. Who does not love these classic movies? Don't say you haven't seen them. We'll Some of these I haven't seen. God damn it! You're lucky your October's full. Yeah. Well, uh, I can't wait for us to get to that. But. Um, you know, it, you can see like the the blood sacrifice thing, like whatever, like the blood goes down to the uh, 
to the ancients and stuff like that. That was like my biggest problem with the movie for the longest time. I was like, this needs an explanation. It needs a rule about it because otherwise I would have the worst fucking plot hole here. It was, I thought like whenever a person got killed in the movie and you see them pull a thing and the blood goes down to fill out the outline of the character or whatever, that it was, uh, I thought it was going to be like, a, oh, yeah, they made this facility and they made it like this sort of, you know, bureaucratic like little uh, thing here uh, it would be like a capitalist way to get blood for a blood sacrifice, which would be a good idea if you couldn't just go to a hospital and get blood from there. And I was just, for the so for the longest time, I was I was just seriously, I was like, well, actually myself, I was just like, well, actually, they could just get blood from here. It was just like. No, 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 no. There's, there's got to be a rule, and there is. The, the, the rule is like, again, there's the metaphor of the ancients are us. We demand them with these sort of tropes or whatever. But um, I think Alex brought up a, a pretty good plot hole. I'm not trying. I, I don't want to uh, misquote her here, but you think about it like this: there has to be at least five, right? There's got to be the, mm-hmm. the tropes. I got to follow the athlete, the whore, the blah 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 blah. What about the best scene in the movie with the little Japanese girls? Well, it depends on the region, because everyone has their own little tropes they go by. Yeah, but if it's it all goes down to the same ancient gods, right? Well, look, ancient gods, you know, they have very diverse tastes. When they go to Japan, they like to see little girls get haunted by a ghost with long black hair, like the ring. Huh. I think that's actually a pretty good explanation of it. Because it didn't show the other countries. Yeah. Like, it showed them on the screens, but it showed they'd already been defeated, and I would love to know what those look like. I would love like. to know what an Australian horror movie looks like. It's just Wolf Creek. <laughs> That's it. What, what about a uh, British one? It's just a giant castle with Christopher Lee. Oh, that, that's that's faces. a good one. That's a good one. Um, the one in Mexico would be what Samson versus the Vampire Women. It's it's just yeah. life. <laughs> it's just living there. And no, I think that would be Haiti. <laughs> <laughs> that's and uh, North Korea would be. Um, I think just any it'd be just any South Korean K-pop movie, <laughs> of which there are several. Let me tell you, um, list them all in order. Go. So let's talk about uh, Chris Hemsworth jumping that uh, that gap on his motorcycle. <laughs> oh my god! Like the one thing that I wish they didn't have. I wish to God they didn't have that shot of the eagle early in the movie. Oh yeah, that definitely would have. You know, even then, as I was watching it, it's like. As soon as that happened, it kind of gave away the conceit of the movie, which, I mean, I guess the opening sort of did too, but it's just like, as soon as I saw that, I like it. I like the eagle flying into that screen and just like, and dying there. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, to me, that was kind of a slapstick moment. It was just like, that's pretty funny. But you're right. It would have been a little bit better if they had just removed that and just had him crashing into that thing. <laughs> the suddenness with which he stops and explodes and tumbles down. <laughs> It gets me. I know it's coming every time, and it still always kills me just because of how quick it mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that uh, there is something a little bit extra going on, uh, and they they actually have uh, they're being killed for a reason. Uh, they're you know the blood used for blood sacrifice, and the stoner comes back and leads her underneath. There's like some sort of elevator. There's a zombie hand and everything, and it turns out like every single move, uh, monster from like a you know a horror movie is down there in some capacity and the, the girl starts screaming and she's really scared and stuff like that and she's playing it kind of straight and i'm just like i get it that we're just laughing that there's so much of this you know bullshit downstairs and when they finally unleash all the monsters i was just like oh 
thank you that is so, this is the like it's kind of like the release of the movie you know it was, this is exactly what I was hoping for yeah I've tried to show this movie to people before and they're like oh no the trailer gave it all away it's just you know behind the scenes I'm like oh child <laughs> I need you to sit down with me I mean this is one of the movies that I show as many people as I can and it's one of those litmus test movies where if you're like, ah, oh, no, no, I didn't really like it. It wasn't scary. It's like, oh, I guess we're not friends See, anymore because your taste is garbage. Exactly. I, I mean, th- th- this movie is about so much more than being scary. And again, it, it tried really hard, but th- th- I can, th- damn it, there's more to it than this. Like, if you want a Cabin in the Woods movie that plays it straight, there's 40 And even then, you know, one of the criticisms that I heard that I think is just the worst criticism about it is someone said... Oh, it's you know, it's just another horror satire. There are so many horror satires out there. It's like yes, all the great it, ones, such it's, as it's uh, Scream. Ever heard of it? I've never actually seen it. I'm such a piece of shit. <laughs> There's the one good one. <laughs> West Craven's New Nightmare is garbage. Don't at oh, me. I did not know that. Uh, but I mean, th- I there's a, there's a lot of uh, satires out there. People, I mean, Evil Dead Two is pretty much a satire of Evil Dead One. Like. I'm not going to say that they're good, but I just know that there's so many, and there will just be so many in all these other movies. It's just a, a wink to the camera, just being like, "Hey, just like in this other horror movie." It, we meanwhile, this one is just filled with it, but it's about a bit more than that. It's it's not just about satirizing it. I think that the the whole sort of trope thing. It's obviously it's like, yeah, guess what? We're the ancient gods, and you know, the apocalypse of the end, blah blah blah. This is really just more about entertaining people and. I, I respect that so much more that they went out and they want we want to make this movie as entertaining as possible. They're, we're not trying to make some sort of like this is the state of horror movies these days. Oh, it's funny that you say that because I looked at a couple reviews from when this came out, and if you want to remember the state of horror movies in 2012, every single review I read mentioned, "Thank God it's not another torture porn." Uh, if, so that's where we were. At uh, back that's then. a good point. I, I might have written a similar review if I had been writing back then because. Boy, like everyone from like Wired to Roger Ebert, every single one mentioned like, "Thank God, it's not another one of these Saw movies." I well, I've never liked Saw movies. I've never liked the Hostel movies or anything like that. I I, I can't do torture porn. I hate that stuff. You know, which which I, I'm happy that this one didn't do. And the other thing about it is, I, I've talked to people and, and I've I've been told that yeah, Cabin in the Woods pretty much does every other uh, horror movie. It, it kind of does every horror movie genre. I think the two that it doesn't do, though, is one, it doesn't do torture porn, which is good, because I don't want to see that. The other thing it doesn't do is suspense, and I have to admit, the movie doesn't really try to be suspenseful, which which I like. I mean, there are a couple scares that it sets up, but it's just a gutter ball. Like, again, why doesn't that wolf bite her face off? I, I mean, it's just like, it's right there. You should you should do it, you know? Go for it. And they, they never do. So, I don't know. I mean, they... The, the reference to painkiller was a little too on the nose for me oh my god i just now realized that they teased a wolf thing and then there's a werewolf at the end i've seen this movie like oh my five god. times what the fuck oh my god i didn't even put that together well i'm a i'm a colossal idiot uh same jeez well <laughs> i can hear the sadness in that silence i'm not even going to cut that one <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Wait, how would they even even have activated that? Like she made out with it. Like if that's not the trigger to release the werewolf, then I don't know what is. <laughs> Buddy, they won't even let me fuck it. <laughs> the Betsy Ross Museum. <sighs> <laughs> Betsy Ross will like it. <laughs> All right. Um, 
I have to admit, like, I, I guess I sort of would have uh, appreciated just a little bit more um, references to what the uh, that killer family was. But it's good that they didn't do that, because if they had given that much uh, time to the killer pain family or whatever, they would have had to have given that to all the other creatures, you know. And I, I'm glad they didn't do that. But the other thing that I'm glad about is the ending. Now, that being said, the ending could have been better if it had just been a little bit funnier because that last shot is just like well not the movie's not just over humanity is over and i was just like i I like how they didn't actually show the entire plant being destroyed it's like a little bit of implication is fine enough you know that goes you know that's all i need uh but i I was just kind of hoping for one last joke you know like like leave me laughing but I, i didn't laugh it's just a big old arm coming out of the earth and just going towards the camera and just like I have to admit, as soon as I saw it, I was just—I—I I, I was able to say, "Huh, well, that was all right, not great." And uh, she was like, "What?" That movie? So I was like, "No, no, no, I just mean the ending, you know." Just the—the <laughs> <laughs> the movie itself is great. I—I I don't know. I just—I wanted a little bit something extra. You're not wrong. I would wish it ended on a joke because that's a pretty common complaint. It's like, in that like a minute sooner just don't show that that being said it did lead to a joke later on because they went to um uh some sort of a, a convention you know it's, it's something where the, like the nerds go to and they ask questions about the movie and uh they, <sighs> <laughs> so they they asked uh it was either joss whedon or the director uh they, i know they both wrote it together they asked uh one of them uh so is there going to be a sequel? And it was met with a perfect response. Did you see the ending of my movie? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Q and A's at comic cons and horror festivals are the worst. Yeah, pretty much. Time. It's one of those things where they say never meet your heroes, especially for like uh, fans of horror and science fiction, because they it's dumb. Especially if your hero's Tom oh, yeah. Savini, you don't have yeah, boobs. Yeah, definitely oh, not a guy you want to meet. If you don't have cash or tits, you are SOL, buddy. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Bruce Campbell seems to be uh, pretty cool with everybody, but mostly just because he's being Bruce Campbell the entire time, so people know what to expect. Yeah, it doesn't always work out as well, though. I've heard, but uh, regardless, uh, <laughs> it's... It's one of those things where I think it's mostly science fiction fans more than uh, horror fans. Science fiction fans, most of them, really most of them, don't have any sense of humor. They really don't. And they just don't know how to take a joke or to even, like, recognize a joke when one's being told. That, to me, is just so unfortunate. Whereas horror fans, I, I don't even know how to classify I think you have a better grip on the horror community than I do. The horror community is the weirdest thing, because if enough time passes... Any movie will become like an underrated gem that people should check out again. Well, the thing... It does not matter how bad it is. Chopping Mall has a $30 special edition Blu-ray. That's fucking that absurd. That is out there. The thing is, I definitely don't dislike the horror community. In fact, I actually kind of like the horror community, although I, I I can't honestly consider myself part of it. But I like the people who inhabit it, mostly because I, w- I was uh, thinking about this one where... I, I found it kind of hard to record a podcast about a movie like this. Sorry. Because, you know, I, I love this movie so much. It's just so good. I was just like, I, I don't want to be another gushing podcast, you know, like it was for Dunker. It's just like, oh, this is such a good movie, you know. Because I feel like every review you're going to read about this, it's, you're 
you know, it's just us liking the movie, so we're having to rely on our toxic personalities to carry this podcast. And so I was like, I was looking for like, how can I make this more unique, right? And I was like, oh, what if we do it in a sort of satirical thing? And I could be like, uh, basically like comic book guy from The Simpsons would be like, worst horror movie ever. First of all, this is entirely realistic. They were trying to satirize some of the classics of the genre, but I thought more about it. I don't think any horror fan reacted that way. I don't think anyone who watched this movie was just like, ugh, so insulting to Painkiller. Like, come on. I, th- I think everyone who watched this was just like, yeah, you know what? This is exactly what we were hoping for. This is better than what we were hoping for, I bet. I'd say most of us, because I consider myself a spokesman. Of the <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to consider you the standard bearer. <laughs> Thank you. I have a pretty good sense of humor, because for the most part, like... The Venn diagram of wrestling people and horror people, it's almost one complete circle. I, we yeah, know. I th- we know what this yeah, is. Why hasn't that crossover besides Samson versus the vampire women? I mean, there are two Ceno Evil movies where Kane murders people. So if you want to have this dialogue. I did not know that. Oh, you Trust me, you win. You're welcome. Look, if we want to do our WWE movies, we have to do Surf's Up 2. Oh, if you think that's not on the docket. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like how you sent me that all excited like oh child I've already begun laying the groundwork for this you don't uh, even know there's like four marine movies <laughs> and thir- 12 rounds and 13 rounds and there's a lot of Scooby Doo meets WWE buddy oh my god you don't why even know why does Scooby Doo meet the WWE <laughs> have you ever seen the clip where they almost crash their car and John Cena jumps out and stops I the have boulder? never seen that in my life oh my god Boy, we're going to have a little post-show powwow. Like, hey, Scoop, check out... <laughs> I can't even. His fucking theme music plays as he jumps into frame. And is... It's so good. And Fresh is like, hey, gang, I can't see what stopped the boulder. I'm not doing a Scooby voice. You're not going to trick me. <laughs> you would just make it racist anyway. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm really oh, raised red, rhyme red. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it <laughs> oh, oh someone had to do that anyway I'm gonna cut all that um so uh Cabin in the Woods I, I guess final thoughts here cause I think we just went over everything in the movie besides again I just wanna talk about that Japanese scene cause that is so <laughs> well set up now initially when I saw it I mean I, I got something like where I don't like seeing kids killed so kind of makes watching it a little bit uh, troublesome <laughs> and but you'll see this in almost every movie is that a kid is almost always safe so if a kid dies that is really serious stuff you see that in like uh, one of the dead space movies where it's they imply they don't show but they imply a child being murdered and in fact in silent hill downpour they actively show a kid God, yeah is. this is the this is the worst thing that ever happened to silent hill they show a kid getting his neck snapped that's it's fucking disgusting it, it it kind of ruins the entire game you know the game was already really bad but as soon as you see that you're like you know what? that's not scary that's just you're just being a bunch of assholes you know whereas in in, the, in it you're just like he, you know you're, he's a despicable character but he's also pretty scary at what he does uh in this one they show all these little nine-year-old uh japanese kids and you know running away from the seafoam ring girl and I mean, I was I felt so bad for him. I was just like, man, if you kill a bunch of nine year old girls, I was like, I'm gonna like this movie a whole lot less. But the resolution where they chant a song and turn her into a happy frog, 
<laughs> and then it pans out to him screaming, fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck was... you. How fucking hard is it to kill a nine-year-old? That is seriously the <laughs> oh single God. best part. Of it. If they had just ended it right there, they he's just like, fuck it, I'm shutting down the program now. He just yells out to Chris, yeah, you guys can leave. You know, that would have been <laughs> so funny. You know, just a 45-minute I've movie. watched this movie every year on Halloween, and it makes me laugh out loud every single time. <laughs> Final thoughts on Cabin in the Woods, because this is already running about an hour long, is I think this is one of the greatest horror movies ever made, period. If you haven't seen it, you probably shouldn't have listened to this, but you should watch it anyways. It's incredible. It's a love letter to the horror genre, but also a criticism of how stale it can be. It's funny. It's not really scary. But more importantly, it's funny. Everything in the office is incredible. Just watch it. I hate all of you. More, more, one more thing before we go, and I'll, I'll, I'll use this time to uh, let you pick whatever our next movie is going to be. Um, I think that this is already a bit of a cult classic. I hope this becomes an actual classic because this is the movie that people need to see. I mean, we've already got so many of these movies with so many sequels. We don't need another Friday the 13th. We don't need another Halloween. We don't need another Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We don't need a, God help us, another Leprechaun movie. Watch something like Cabin in the Woods. This isn't just a great horror movie. This is, this is a movie that, it just shows how much it's a great movie. You know, with not just the performances, but the, the writing. The writing is really my favorite part about it. I just love everything about this movie. Well, just to tie everything together, did you know that they made a prequel Leprechaun movie made by WWE Studios? Are you serious? Hey, buddy. Do you want to see that or Kingsman? I'll let you pick. <laughs> Let's see Kingsman. gentlemen this is the end of our concert we'd like to thank you very oh, thank you very much for coming hope you had a good time bruce valor on trombone napoleon murphy brock on tenor sax and lead vocals ruth underwood on percussion ralph humphrey on drums chester thompson on drums tom valor on bass and george duke on the keyboard thank you very much 